Jane. I'm Carolyn and I'm a Madeline slash Renata. I'm Teresa and I'm a Jane slash Bonnie and this is episode two season two of Big Little Podcast and we're talking about Telltale Hearts. Carolyn you want to do the recap today? Sure. All right this is a real gem of an episode where a lot happens. It starts with Celeste crashing her car because she took some Ambien and then Sleep drove, which is concerning. Uh, Madeline comes to pick her up. Uh, They get home where she obviously has to be confronted by Mary Louise Streep for, you know, wandering out of her house at night. They try to say it's an emergency, the kind of emergency short people have. Uh, Oh, and while they're coming home, uh, they encounter Bonnie along the way, who's just walking along the side of the road. Like stalking a highway, about, like this is yeah, not just like a country like stalking lane. about like Hamlet's ghost, just being a total. And it's it's early in the morning. It's very bizarre. So Bonnie is just not well. Uh, next, we cut to my favorite Renata, who is just being a queen at the top of her game. She is dressed in her all Gucci everything. Yes, eighties glam attire, living her best life when Gordon, her husband, is arrested. Uh, for some sort of insider trading. The FBI takes him away. Uh, Renata is flipping out. Next, we have Jane on a date with that, or interacting with that Corey guy, who I don't like. Uh, Jane kind of likes him, but also is a little bit concerned about him. Uh, Justice for Tom. Yes. (laughs) What happened to Tom? Meanwhile, Jane then is uh, taking a yoga class with Bonnie, and they're having an almost normal moment where they're talking about dating life. Uh, So you almost forget (laughs) that their lives are so fucked up. Uh, And then Bonnie's mom shows up. And Bonnie's mom is not exactly the warm and fuzzy that you feel Bonnie may need at this moment. Uh, Next, we have the classroom where all of these kids now in their second grade class with a new teacher, thank heaven, uh, is talking about feelings. And, of course, one of the creepy twins busts in with what about dead dads. Kids have to go home for the day. Celeste has to pick them up. Uh, She gets them home. No sooner are they home and trying to talk than they start fighting and she tears one of the twins off the other, yelling at him, you will not be like him. Uh, Bonnie and Nathan uh, go start talking about why he called her mom to show up because yeah if my boyfriend or husband calls my mom and tells her to show up like he's in trouble we're throwing hands yeah <laughs> yeah it's not not good uh and then there's a weird water flashback to somebody getting pushed underwater uh now we cut back to uh Mary Louise having a conversation with Celeste uh it comes out that Perry had a younger brother who died So that's a big red flag. And then the bombshell is dropped that the twins know about pretty much everything. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Specifically that there's a brother, an extra brother in the class. Yes. But they don't know who it is. They don't know who it is. They don't know who it is, Mm -hmm. but they know that they have a brother in the class, a secret brother. Uh, So all of this comes out. 
Madeline is called. It is her daughter. It's not precious little precocious Chloe <laughs> Chloe, who has decided to spill the beans because she overheard her mother talking about it on the phone. Uh, Steady Eddie is pissed because he didn't know about it, which none of his goddamn business. Uh, Madeline calls Jane, who then has to talk to Ziggy in this very heartbreaking scene uh, where Ziggy says that he he was told that Mr. Wright gave her salt. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that is just probably one of the most heartbreaking things you will hear in this episode. Uh, Meanwhile, Renata is having fever dreams about being court and being laughed at. And then we are delivered the best scene ever between her and Gordon in their Tesla. And uh, this woman and her I will not not be rich power is just, it's, it's a gift. Thank you, Laura Dern. Uh, now back to Bonnie and her creepy mother. Uh, they go out to a dinner, which honestly could have gone better. And then she does tell her mother that she needs to leave, but the mother agrees to this not before she creeps into their bedroom at night and puts down what, for all intents and purposes, see, seems like voodoo paraphernalia in their bedroom. There's a crystal, what appears to be a, a chicken, chicken bone, bone, and like a feather or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. And then she touches her, like she's doing Reiki on her. Or yeah. Yeah, so Bonnie's mother and Mary Louise should get together for coffee. Uh, now, as if Madeline's life isn't in enough upheaval, her fucking awful daughter Abigail uh, moves back in uh, and because they are trying to get her life on track, a.k.a. get her to college, but Abigail manages to just implode their life by talking about Madeline's affair with the uh, the drama director and uh, Ed overhears. So that's not great for any of them. And then this episode ends with a lovely uh, family meet and greet over chips and dip with uh, Ziggy and Jane and Celeste and her twins. Thus ends episode two. Okay, so let's jump into the man of Celeste's ambient dreams. Um, so when we first see Celeste, she's actually like still asleep yep. behind the wheel, and she's having some sort of dream. Now, I assumed this was Perry in yes. her dream, but someone in one of the Big Little Lies Facebook groups suggested that this person had tattoos. Yes, I just watched the episode uh-huh. an hour ago and I did not pick up on this the first watch, mm-hmm. but he's covered in back tattoos, which we know Perry doesn't have. So this is somebody else that Celeste is having some mm. sort of flashback, unless Perry had a bunch of back tattoos and got them removed. Or did or, or had tattoos just and we like didn't know. a fantasy she has created. I just can't mm-hmm. imagine Celeste has like a fantasy of like a tattoo. Well, man. like, I, I don't know. I feel like she's been through a lot. She just wants anything... Something different. Is it the tattooed guy from Blue Blues that Jane was like all horny for in season one? Like when she oh, starts, yeah. oh. he's got the tattoos on it. Maybe. Oh, good recall. Good recall. Um, so we don't know who she's humping in that car dream. Um, hopefully, we'll find out sooner or later. Also, I mean, she took Ambien. Yeah. And it like <laughs> fucked with her enough that she is unlike Roseanne, it didn't just make her racist, right? Sleep driving <laughs> made her horny and sleepy. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I I have taken like not Ambien but like Zquil 
And it has led me to do sleep eating. Uh-huh. Like I woke up and I ate an entire box of cereal. <laughs> but at least that's better. It's better than crashing than your crashing my car. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this so, is your lesson that sleep sleep aids may not be a great idea. This podcast is not sponsored by Zequel. Yeah. <laughs> if you need a sleep aid, get yourself a pot gummy and eat while you're awake, and then just go to fucking sleep. Yeah. Um, Good advice. Yeah. So, Zombie Celeste gets picked up by Madeline. Um, Also, P.S., Celeste clearly did not take her makeup off before going to bed because she is just, like, raccoon-eyed to the hilt, which does not seem very Celeste to me. But, um, so they find Bonnie hiking on the side of the road. And, um, and then meanwhile, Renata is pissed off because Gordon's getting arrested in front of everybody and she keeps claiming the FBI is assaulting him. But, so we sort of get a picture of all these different people and Madeline and Renata are just doing fine, right? Like they're just going on with their life, at least until their lives collapse around them later in the episode. Me and Celeste and Bonnie are a hot mess. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. Let's talk about their different reactions. Well, I think that if you talk about who's got the most skin in the game and who's, like, you know, personally suffered the most, obviously it's not surprising that Celeste is not doing great. And it's super. It's not super surprising that Bonnie, seeing as she's the one that, you know, pushed the parry, <laughs> isn't doing great either. Mm-hmm. And more to that, I think Renata and Madeline are both kind of, like, exterior image fixers. Like, mm-hmm. they want to make sure that they're presenting their perfectly yeah. quaffed, in Renata's case, big Gucci energy, and mm-hmm. in Renata and Madeline's case, just, like, Draper James. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so I think that there's, like, that appearance issue that they're more concerned with. And they're also just, like, not as affected. I mean, they were just bystanders to all mm-hmm. of this. They're not, like, personally implicated. And if this all comes out, they're going to go down for what? You know, what is it? Something it's, of justice, like perversion oh, of justice. 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 Mm-hmm. Like, that's not as But even that would be a stretch. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that, like, probably it's just, like, the implication of the crime is the biggest hang-up. And obviously Celeste has got a lot, given that her husband is an abusive, terrible person. And now she's got to raise these two boys on her own. Whereas Bonnie's just, like, should have just come clean. Right. <laughs> like, right. Um, okay, so these kids have big mouths. Specifically, Madeline's kids, which no is a surprise. Yeah, you did this to yourself, yeah. Madeline. Like, um, Apples don't fall far from trees. So what we know is that Chloe told Ziggy who his dad is, and the twins know that they have a brother. She told them that they have a brother, but just that he's in the second grade with them, which seems like they could ask around. There's only, like, three boys in the class, and you right. can look at who looks the most alike. I mean, minus for Ziggy's weird haircut and dye job. Last season, they looked like triplets. So I actually think that that's his real hair color, and that it must be dyed on young Sheldon. Because I was recently watching an old episode of Law & Order SVU, <laughs> in which he plays a child. He's, like, on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, like, younger, like, quite young in it, and that's his hair color. The dark is his hair color. The, yeah. like, auburny. But oh. in season one, he was definitely, like, blonde. blonde. Very yeah. blonde, to the point where Celeste kind of looks at him when she first sees him, like, oh, huh. He looks yeah. fr- and she does actually say, like, he looks really familiar or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it was much more explicit in season one that they looked related. And now it's like, I think they tried to yeah, kind of create I some wonder. distance with the hair color. And be- specifically, they made it like, he doesn't look anything like Jane. So clearly he has to look like his yes. father. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think that the way that his, with his hair grown out and his little, like, 
you know, kind of like little flip mm-hmm. bang action. It is kind of more like Perry's hair. Mm. Like I was wondering if they chose that hairstyle for him to make him look more. I kind of think young Sheldon just pays way more money. And so he's like, <laughs> he's I got to keep this hair. You got to get that Sorry. CBS money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Network money. Um, so later we get to the part where, you know, she has to have a conversation with Ziggy about the fact, Jane has to have a conversation with Ziggy about the fact that he knows who his father is now. And he has said nothing to her in God knows how long, because we don't really know how long they've known. Um, and he says that he didn't say anything because he figured she would just lie. Mm-hmm. And then it also says that um, he knows that his mom was salted yeah. and she has to tell him the truth, but we don't actually get to hear it. Yes. But we know that she told What do we think she actually said to this poor, this second grader about the fact that he's a product of rape? I mean, she's a good enough mother that I don't think that she was like, this is what rape is. Let me tell right. you. I think, you know, the word assault is a... Mm-hmm. Is a different word than rape, and I think, I think it was that, very intentional that that's the word they use, yes. and not rape, mm-hmm. and having to. Because then it goes into the whole like sex talk, and like you're yeah. not having the birds and the bees mm-hmm. introduction be rape, like that's just. So I think that probably she said some sort of euphemistic. It was mm-hmm. you know assault you, is when you hurt somebody, and he hurt me, and mm-hmm. that's how you yeah. were conceived. That's I. Which is I still devastating. Didn't want to have to think about their conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I was glad that. Were spared that. Uh, I do think that they chose assault rather than rape, mm-hmm. so that it would be a slightly easier thing to stomach a kid having to learn about. And and later we see Jane talking to Celeste about the fact that she has told Ziggy the truth, and they had apparently had some pact not to tell yes. the kids any of this. And I'm like, what are they shielding the twins from at this point? These the kids, twins, are, no. these kids are the ones who know their father's a monster. Right. Like Ziggy never knew anything about him. What? I, I, yeah, I don't know why they're they're why she's working so hard to protect these twins. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they did. They asked like, oh, are they going to therapy? Like right. that was a big question to me. I'm like, please tell me these children are getting lots and yeah. lots of therapy. Mm-hmm. And I, you get the impression in this episode, like, maybe they just aren't getting what they need. I personally feel therapy. kind of relieved this all was dealt with in mm-hmm. episode two. Because I was kind of thinking, like, if this whole season is going to be them, like, dragging this out. And, like, the big climax is telling the kids. Like, that would have been no annoying. And the fact yeah. that this all got dealt with. And no, they have much bigger climaxes yeah. they're going to get to. We're, I think everyone's on the same playing field now in terms of, like, information mm-hmm. knowledge. You know, Ed now knows, you know, a lot more than he did before. I think, like... We'll probably see in the next episode Nathan get filled in pretty soon. I'd imagine that's going to come out. And then once we get all the characters on, the, on a level playing field, I think that's when it's then really going to get interesting. Forward. So let's talk about therapy for a minute since you just mentioned it. Um, oh, yeah. Celeste is back at the good therapist's office. I want a spinoff called The Good Therapist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the vein of The Good Wife, but like also Big Little Lies, just and dealing with all this trauma. She makes her relive a particular assault and then relive it again, but imagining it's happening to Madeline. Yes. And I th- which so I- powerful. Take it away. I mean, yeah, (laughs) Celeste, her visceral reaction to Mm -hmm. wanting to, like, jump in and stop and save her friend, it would, that I thought was so powerful. And I Mm -hmm. imagine that that is an actual technique used in therapy to help Mm -hmm. 
somebody yeah. like Celeste who realize is, how the yeah, gravity of the situation still has all these conflicted emotions because there was actual you know love and history tied up in this relationship that was you know mm-hmm. incredibly dysfunctional and abusive um i just thought that that was such a brilliant uh a brilliant scene and brilliantly played out like mm-hmm. let's give let, let's give nicole kidman all the acting awards. awards yeah there should be a uh, just like good therapist award at the end yeah. emmys and like all the different tv therapists and the best therapist mm-hmm. gets the good therapist i love mm-hmm. this idea it could be called the melfi yeah. in honor of <laughs> melfi from sopranos yes. <laughs> Amazing. Right? The Melfi Awards. So we talked about this a little bit already, but um, it's not quite therapy, but the teacher is talking to the kids about swallowing their feelings and how you can, you know, become a mess if you do that, and so you should talk about it. And then one of the twins, who knows which one, says, what about dead dads? And then cut to Nicole Kidman talking to hot teacher about... um, about this and he says that the kid said it with no sense of trauma and then says that he doesn't know if that's better or worse Mm. what do you think is it better or worse that this kid doesn't have any trauma about his oh it's worse because it's definitely a sign that this kid is like on the baby sociopath Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and the way that they you because it's not like the kids are completely apathetic they're fighting in this very aggressive Mm -hmm. way and it's completely mirroring perry who could you know don't forget that season seven scene where he says, oh, your real estate agent called. You're closing mm-hmm. on the house with like a completely mm-hmm. masked expression. I think the twins are kind of emulating that. And that's terrifying. Later, when the boys are asking if their dad was a bad person, um, Celeste says no, that he was a beautiful, wonderful, wonderful person. Oh, I person. hated this I was part. Like, they know what he did to you. I think the word choice of dark. beautiful was really interesting. I yeah. thought that too. He's a really good person. He like, was beautiful. Like, yeah, he's objectively hot. Yeah, yeah he was. A <laughs> and very the kids are like, word, guy. he was hot. You know, he made he had a good job. But she didn't say handsome. He wore she said nice beautiful, suits. which is a really yeah. interesting, like you know, traditionally feminine word. So I think mm-hmm. to like divorce his personality personality from like typical masculine you know wow. adjectives is an interesting choice on her behalf Getting yeah deep. i i just thought it was an interesting choice in that it was like a shallow description yeah mm-hmm. uh it of just not of an evasive answer kind of how we all feel about perry at this mm-hmm. point like a total monster but objectively still hot yeah yeah all right, so let's skip back to the other big mouth kid. Abigail Ugh. spills the beans about her mom fucking the uh, theater director. And then Ed shows up like, uh, hey, guys, what you talking about? And Madeline tries to pretend that he didn't hear what he just heard. And then he storms out to go get his ears checked. <laughs> um, Which I, I love that line. I'm like, crush it, Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, but so there's another scene where Nathan... You know, Nathan, for some reason, is always trying to talk to Ed about things. And, and he's at like, the coffee shop at the same time, yeah, apparently, yeah. every episode, which is odd. And he says, you know, I, I decided to run. And Ed's like, run for what? And he's yeah. like, no, I'm taking up running so I can, like, have something have in common. Have an in common with Bonnie. And then he starts, like, basically challenges Ed to a fight for no reason. And I'm like... Nathan, what is going on? Who's the problem here? Nathan, I mean, like, we, taking testosterone. I think Nathan's something. in love with Ed. <laughs> yeah, it's just like masculinity awry. 
I don't know. That it's, was weird. Like, we've often blamed said Steady Eddie slash Snide Fuck in the past, but, like, Nathan's just wacko. Like, I think Nathan doesn't know where to channel his frustration that he's not getting any, and mm-hmm. Bonnie seems upset. So he's just, like, looking for anybody else that he can put this on. Neither of these guys are good. I hope <laughs> all, these, like, all these guys go. Like, yeah, let's just get yeah. fresh stars for all our queens. There, I think every man Gordon, guy, yeah. he's going to jail. Eddie and Madeline, good, get divorced. Mm-hmm. Nathan, maybe he can get pushed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, who's, what, what man is in Monterey that you want to spend five Tom. minutes with? The answer is Tom. Right, and he's okay, gone. But he's gone. And, and they the won't teacher. tell us where he went. Oh, and the hot teacher. Yeah, the hot yeah. teacher. The, the mm-hmm. hot teacher, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely off the principal. Principal nipple, yeah. you're off him. <laughs> I'm, off the, I'm off that nipple after he put on the otter hat and did that dance. <laughs> um, although I appreciate his snark level. Yeah. Um, but no more principal nipple for you. Well, I mean, he was just out of desperation. Mm. But now I'm even more desperate. Like, now I'm like, uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know. Like, mm-hmm. what, what is there in Monterey? I don't know. Uh, the kid with Asperger's who works at the... No. No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. Um, so I'm mostly confused about why Steady Eddie is so angry about this um, revelation, uh, this affair oh, revelation, because yeah. oh. I was convinced he knew. Yeah, I was too. Yeah, especially because there was that moment when he ran into Tits McGee in the grocery mm-hmm. store in the first mm-hmm. episode. I mean, Tory other... Tits. Tory Tits. And they really <laughs> seemed like they both were acknowledging in that mm-hmm. scene that they knew that their significant right. others had banged. Yeah. yeah. And in last season, there's a part where Madeline's having some kind of breakdown about what a bad wife she is. And Ed says, like, don't say it. Basically, yeah. like, I don't want, if you say it out loud, then it's you can't real. take it yeah. back and I can't pretend it didn't happen. So don't say it. And so now I'm like, yeah. I think he was more upset. And in that scene, he specifically highlighted this, that Abigail had known for right. a year. And he has, a, again, he's so creepy with Abigail. He's like, by the way, mm-hmm. I think of her as my daughter right. and you confided in her. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it was also the betrayal of the fact he was super upset that he didn't know about Perry. So I think it's more that he feels like Madeline is confiding but in she, anybody but yeah. him. Like, and he wants the tea. He just wants to be... Yeah, does it seem weird that he seems more upset about the whole Ziggy Perry situation than the fact that it's on brand for him? Like, I just think he just wants to be in the drama. I do think that he and Tori Tits Mm -hmm. are gonna... Get, get together. They're yeah. gonna bump uglies this season. That's happening. That's, that phrase "bump uglies" has never been truer, <laughs> right? <laughs> I do not want to see that. Please let that happen off camera. Um, so I also always kind of thought it was weird that Madeline had told Ed about Jane's assault in the first place. Like that's not your place to be telling yeah. anyone, really, even your husband. Like I, I thought that was weird. So like I think it's even weirder that he's. So upset about this Perry Ziggy nonsense. I don't know. I mean, I can understand. I feel like Madeline's one of those people who needs to talk. Yeah. Like, so I can understand her in a moment of needing to talk about something when she, you know, told when she told Ed. Mm-hmm. I get that. Uh, but yeah, Ed. Ed needs so these are other people's lives. Like he has mm-hmm. enough that he should be worrying about. For you know, mm-hmm. where's where's he going to get more? Biker shorts. Like, is he going to grow back his beard? Oh, God. Is he ever going to stop running into Nathan everywhere he goes for no reason? There seems Mm -hmm. to be limited coffee shops in Monterey. Like, Mm -hmm. someone needs to get on that, open a rival coffee shop, because they're all going to the same places at the same time. Justice for Tom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about Bonnie's mom, because I have no idea what's happening here. So, 
as we said, Bonnie and Jane are doing some yoga together, and Bonnie claims um, that men sometimes fake Asperger's to, like, get women. I I don't, I don't know what kind of men Bonnie's dating. Yeah. That's I mean, a big red flag. Yeah, I, I don't know about <laughs> that. I, <laughs> Bonnie also seems too woke to like say something like that. Yeah, like, Bonnie, I, I mean, I get. I think if Is she it like a pickup artist thing differently, like, like that, mm-hmm. you know, men will act socially unaware. Like they'll act like they mm-hmm. didn't know that something wasn't okay. Like I think mm-hmm. there were ways she could have phrased that that aren't. I think unless he actually has Asperger's and that's addressed, this like saying he's Asperger's thing is, like, a little insensitive. Like, we should probably not be using this. It's, you know, kind of like the R word to some extent. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't love that. Mm-hmm. Just because yeah. we're naming it with a specific diagnosis doesn't But mean just it. the way that this show has, like, opened that, like, he, they have that moment where he asks her if she's on the spectrum in a flirty way. Yeah. <laughs> and then she asks back, are you? And he goes, oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. Like, I mean, it just is such a weird, uh, you know, that's kind of odd courtship it's totally mm-hmm. fine if that ends up being the thing and this is like they're having if a conversation is, about it but if it's just that he's kind of weird and they're using so that, you're saying that maybe the character of Corey is going to be on the spectrum yeah and trying that i i would be definitely I'd more, be more okay with that if someone has to tell them that asperger's is no longer in the dsm and it's yeah. not actually a diagnosis anymore <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, i think everybody mm-hmm. on the show needs to read the dsm <laughs> but i think again because these men in monterey suck i think bonnie yes. has had a lot of issues with men Mm-hmm. And uh, that, you know, I think it's just that they have well, not, they, yeah, men yeah. don't always know how to react or interact. Mm-hmm. Speaking in of body and beyond. men, <laughs> if you listen to our book club episodes, you'll know that we've talked about the fact that Bonnie has a very poor relationship with her stepdad in the mm-hmm. books. And that seems to have been written out. It seems like her dad is mm-hmm. fairly innocuous at mm-hmm. dinner. And it's the mom who's the one that mm-hmm. there's some... Weird, you know, telegraphing that something's off well, with this yeah. relationship. Let's talk about that a little because it. I remembered that this is apparently the mom who the a hole daughter has a special connection with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, Bonnie doesn't even seem to like this woman. Why yeah. is at, why are they like hanging out at her house with Abigail all the time? What I don't. Yeah. Are they just like retconning this? Or are they just like? Let's forget about what we said about her last season, and now let's make. I'm her this hoping kind of weird witch. But although lady. I mean, Abby is kind of odd. Kind of, I, <laughs> you know, Abby. Abby's an odd little duckling, so maybe crystal she, energy is something she's all about. Yeah, mm-hmm. she. I could see her being totally into whatever voodoo cocktail. Mm-hmm. So we do get when you <laughs> first Bonnie's see Bonnie's mom is serving up here. You see a. Uh, when Bonnie first is with her mom solo outside of the yoga studio and she the mom touches her, she's got mm-hmm. this flash of being underwater. And then the preview for the next episode, there are two actresses we haven't seen before and it kind of looks like an old vintage pool mm-hmm. with the older one pushing the young girl, looks like her daughter, underwater in a very forceful way, mm-hmm. which to me, it's got to be a flashback of Bonnie and her mom. There's enough of that mm-hmm. that's been going on and, and Bonnie's scenes of Bonnie in the water and drowning and all that. But doesn't Bonnie's mom, she thinks that somebody is going to drown? Yes. And I think that because her there's like that very awkward reception to that, kind of acknowledging maybe something in the past and then something, you know, that's going to come in the future. And I think because in season one, we dealt so heavily in the violence of a father mm-hmm. enacted against a mother and a son. I think this season is really going to dive more into like the violence mothers inflict. I mean, you look at mm-hmm. Mary Louise, we, yeah. that's a whole other conversation to have about Raymond and what happened to Perry's brother Raymond, whether Perry did something or Mary Louise did something. Mm-hmm. 
there's the scene where Celeste throws one of the kids to the ground in a very kind of violent, off-the-cuff mm-hmm. way. So I think this season is going to really kind of excavate the ways mothers can be violent to their children, which is more interesting to me than fathers because typically we see it the other way. Mm-hmm. Mothers are supposed to be nurturing and right. protective. So we also so this is the Mommy Dearest Yeah, season. I think this is Mommy Dearest. Oh, God. Wire no wire hangers. hangers. <laughs> um, so we, at the dinner scene, Bonnie also says to her mom, oh, you're drinking again. Yeah. So, yeah. which, you know, <laughs> sort of telegraphs the fact that she probably had a drinking problem at yes. some point or still does. But then she's also sneaking into her bedroom and leaving crystals and feathers and bones and, and, bones and like raking her in her sleep or something. Um, that scene. How actually, weird I don't and racist this. is yeah. this scene I, where they're like, let's yeah. make this lady a witch. Like, wh- what? Why? Why is this necessary? I mean, if you only have a very small handful of people of color in these mm-hmm. roles, like, it just is not a great look. Like, yeah. <laughs> really, the little writers. Like, We're going to get it. 2019. Like, the one person who's not just mixed race on the yeah. show. Like, it's going to be a make full, like, witch. voodoo yeah. witch. Like, yeah. not great. Like, I mean, unless that this plays into some sort of thing where she gets these, like, visions and she does believe herself, to, unless she's, like, a practicing yeah. Wiccan who gets these visions and she's actually trying to prevent well, that a seems to be the case. Seeing, but... and then, so maybe it's like a plot. I think I'm going to have to wait to pass judgment <laughs> on this until like a couple more episodes where we see how this is like further unfolded. I do think like, you know, the mom has a really, they're walking in the woods with Bonnie and she says like, you know, there are no people of color here. You're like, mm-hmm. you're the only black person. Mm-hmm. I do think it'd be really interesting for the show to go there because mm-hmm. we do have such a predominantly mm-hmm. very white very cast right. to mm-hmm. kind of go into the fact that Bonnie is really the the token well, we have black the new handsome yeah. teacher. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> new handsome teacher, please. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's not a core cast member, and I think mm-hmm. that that would be interesting if it's done right, but as of this episode, Oh, and I'm the detective convinced. is a black woman. True. Mm-hmm. True. But she, We haven't know, seen very much no, of her. But no. Like, the people we actually see episode to episode, you know, yeah. it's, it's Bonnie. So, weird witchy mom, who, does she have a name? I don't, I don't know. know. She has a name. Elizabeth. Oh, okay. Um... Also says to Bonnie, what have you done this time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which either implies she knows, I guess she doesn't, so something yeah. else that she's done. And I think mm-hmm. this all harkens back to, like, Bonnie clutching her neck yeah. in the mm-hmm. wake of that. I mean, yes, Perry did get skewered through the neck, and that could be your immediate reaction to hold your neck. But it seemed, again, on the beach scene, too, she does mm-hmm. it again. It just seemed like more of, like, a tick than a reaction. But we kind of were all assuming that, Bonnie had abuse in her past. Yeah. She'd been the victim, yeah. and maybe she was mm-hmm. the perpetrator, perpetrator before. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll find out. But who do you think is going to drown? Let's make I some predictions. Know. Who's going to drown in this bitch? I think someone's going to have to die this season. It mm-hmm. is shaping up like it's going to be a drowning. It could be Bonnie. Mm-hmm. It could be. Yeah, she was like walking into the water in some weird yeah, ways yeah. before. It could be Bonnie. It could be Sky, Bonnie's daughter, mm-hmm. if it's all going to come. Poor full little Sky seems so depressed. Her yeah. Mom's gone bonkers. I mean, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> well, that home life can't be great. Uh, maybe if we're lucky, it's Mary Louise. <laughs> could be. Although. She doesn't look like much of a swimmer. Right. Yeah, yeah I. I I do I do think that like Bonnie could be. In danger, and that's what the whole thing with the mom, with the mm-hmm. like protective crystal. Bonnie, you in danger, girl. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> Someone get Whoopi Goldberg in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's talk about Gordon going to jail. Gordon, 
He's Can we just rename the show Big Renata Energy? Yeah. yeah. Forget Big Little Lies. So in the first episode, that amazing scene, like the only time you really see Gordon in that episode, pretty mm-hmm. much, is like him sitting there playing with his trains, drinking, holding a baseball bat, mm-hmm. which was like, to me, one of the best scenes in that episode. And now, like, that makes sense. Like, he was probably sitting there with a baseball bat waiting for the FBI to just For his airstream like, to arrive. He knew, yeah, yeah, he just knew that this, like, he knew the game was up. Like, he knew this was coming so you know one of the big memes that came or gifts that came out of this episode is renata yelling through the glass in the prison like i will not not be rich which i think is a really interesting way to phrase this because first of all like she's gonna get a paycheck next week for more money than all of us make in six months true and she'll be that hurts a little bit yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and so like why not say I won't be poor? I won't. I will not not be rich. Because well, it's amazing say, writing. Yeah. It just sounds so much crazier. Yeah. And we've all been there in that moment of just like pure emotional distress, where you go to say something and it comes out just the double negative. Yeah, it's yeah. there, but it's just not how you would have phrased it if you had your wits. And about it's you. also not like I it's not even like okay we'll be middle class for a little while it's mm-hmm. like no we are not not going to be rich she does have that throwaway line that's kind mm-hmm. of muddled because she's all running around when mm-hmm. she and Madeline are in the yeah. coffee store she says you know this is my childhood all over again I'm mm-hmm. not going to go back to that so I think mm-hmm. to you know excavate some of Renata's past and maybe mm-hmm. you know, yeah. know they Renata was poor shockingly yeah. enough it would explain the garish gucci yeah you know, <laughs> old money doesn't dress old like money that does not that's a new that. money outfit no. yeah um, so does Renata's character seem different to you this season? Yeah. To yeah. Me, yeah. She, to me, she feels a lot less anxious and more just straight up angry and yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> in the first episode, the part where she goes up to the teacher and, you know, is like, my daughter has a very, very high that IQ. Very you should Renata. know that. Yeah. It was Renata, but there was like something overly cheery about it that made it not Renata. It was like yep. she had kind of taken a little too much like Xanax. Mm-hmm. And was like a little too happy or something mm-hmm. like it, because and she when she says like oh and she was bu- bullied like choking and everything we're not gonna let that happen and she has right. this like cheesy grin. I almost feel like the writers saw how well everybody received Renata's bitchiness in season mm-hmm. one and realized like this woman is a walking meme and we're gonna take this up to a ten. God, mm-hmm. I love Renata. Yeah, I mean it's it's really truly <laughs> turning into the Renata show mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, which is great. Um, I I think that she they they are letting her kind of. I think she is a little bit unwound, mm-hmm. and but and now it's coming like, out in like that manic unwound yes. where she's like, "I'm going to be really cheery, and I'm going to get mm-hmm. through this, and I'm going to scream, but I'm going to be cool." It's and like she's constantly the Renata on the phone call she made to yes. Madeline about the party, yes. and where she's yelling about like Snow White sitting on her husband's yes. face yeah. or something, which is her go-to thing. Like, yeah, she's always yeah, talking she's about sitting, sitting on her face. Yes. Yeah, but that's a power move. <laughs> yeah. I she used to like to sit on Gordon's face and now she doesn't want to yeah, do it anymore. Sure the other great line is can a woman get a moment out yeah. of the Tesla with her middle fingers out both windows? It's just peak Renata. So what bearing does this whole thing have on the storyline? Like on why Go- do we give Gordon's... a shit about what happens to Gordon? Like wh- wh- where is this going as part of what happens to Renata? Right. I mean, Renata, if she stands to lose all her money, I mean they do make a big point of saying only Amabella's trust isn't gonna be mm-hmm. touched, and she goes, Well, it's mm-hmm. my money. He's like, mm, not so much, sweetheart, we married. Mm-hmm. This is what happens. So I think if Renata has to go from being like the Medusa of Monterey. Well, because that's the whole thing. It's like community property laws, right? So Mm -hmm. even though she does have her own money and her own job because they are married, 
Can you imagine, like, we're not sleeping on Jane's couch in the apartment? Oh yeah. <laughs> Please give me that scene. Yeah. Um, there, but she also says to Madeline at some point that the detective's been following yes. her and that she thinks she saw something and called the FBI. Do we think she's being nuts or do we think that's true? I think Bonnie's also being followed. So I think the mm-hmm. fact that maybe there is somebody tailing all of these guys and Bonnie and Renata are the only two that have noticed it. Celeste mm-hmm. is too ambient out and, you know, mm-hmm. Madeline mm-hmm. Martha McKenzie is too much of an active talker to notice anything but what's going on right in front of her face. Yeah. Could be. I also wonder, So wait, like, do you think that Gordon got busted for things he was doing because they were following yes. Renata? That's, That's what, what Renata, Renata suggests. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just put that together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so I'm also, like... First of all, like, how little crime is there in Monterey that this detective can just follow these women around? Because it's not like they're going to, like, rob a bank. Like, what are you going to see them do? Well, yeah, there's very... I mean, I don't... I think Monterey is, like, a pretty sleepy community as far as crime goes. Mm -hmm. So this would be a big deal. And I think that the fact that now this investigation has led them to, like, bust somebody, Mm. you know, for insider trading in in, in that, and they're uncovering they're like peeling back this like stinky onion here and finding all sorts of good stuff so i would imagine that that's just like feeding their their desire to like keep this mm-hmm. investigation going. i want to get a little bit like the Mueller report yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't go there i want to get like a spinoff series it's just like a law and order type with just the detective trying to solve this crime mm-hmm. just like 20 minute episodes yes like, little yeah. web exclusives yeah i would love that get um, on at hbo so also Gordon basically just confesses everything to Renata through those phones. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're not recorded? Exactly. Recorded? Like, I, what the hell? I don't think Gordon's the brightest bulb. No. Yeah, and I think he's just, I think he's given up. I also think he doesn't seem to care very much. Like, he has a whole thing, he's like, people are wanters and nobody wants more than you, and Renata mm-hmm. loses her mind, as <laughs> I would do. But, I mean, I do think that's kind of the theme, too, in this whole series is wanting stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, you, it's beyond your grasp. It's beyond what you should want. It's, you know, a very culture of excess. Well, and Mary Louise talks about that, too, about that she accuses Madeline of being a wanter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I thought that was really interesting that that term. Also, did you, there's a meme out there, or someone tweeted, oh, I wish I had gotten their name because I thought it was funny. Um where they're like, and then Meryl Streep invented necklace acting because there's like her when, cross. Yeah, where when she's, she's talking. playing with her cross and telling, you know, just playing with her talking to Madeline, Madeline like yeah. a cat with a mouse, mm-hmm. and while playing with her cross, which I think is so interesting to bring religion into this. Mm-hmm. That Mary Louise is clearly a especially Christian. like unconscious, like rosary playing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not like she's praying or doing anything like mm-hmm. that. She's literally just like absent-mindedly yeah. touching. And then just, it's like up over her chin at one yeah. point, mm-hmm. which you're just like, oh, Meryl, you're so brilliant. This yeah. is a bizarre thing. I'm sure to that do. wasn't in the <laughs> script either. And Meryl's <laughs> no. like, this oh, is something no. Mary Louise yeah. would do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's talk about shit Mary Louise says. Um, I wonder if religion, but, sorry, will uh-huh. play a big part because obviously Bonnie's mother is. Has some sort of spiritual, religious, probably spiritual. not religious. But well, spiritual. to her, it might be, uh, you know, whatever her some practices sort of are. Yeah. And then we have Mary Louise. So I wonder what that, like, the religious implications mm-hmm. coming to a head will be. So let's talk about this kid that apparently died under Mary Louise's watch. Who, <laughs> by the way, you know, when she's telling Celeste that um, she doesn't think Madeline is a good person and that she doesn't like her. And Celeste says, did you know she saved, you know, one of the twins from drowning, which mm-hmm. is from the book. Yep. 
Um, she said, Mary Louise's response is, well, where were you? And it's like, well, her kids are still here, lady. You apparently one of yours is dead. So what happened? Like, um, who something happened to this kid where uh, Perry killed him. She killed him. Who knows? What What are your thoughts? What do you think? Who's the murderer in, of poor Raymond? I think Perry's too obvious. Yeah. I think it's more likely that Mary Louise did either something negligent or snapped mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, in a moment of rage. Yeah. And we've seen that scream told me pretty much all I need to know. Yeah. It's going inside. That, <laughs> scary Louise's mind. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, I, I think that Mary Louise is at the heart of this and that that would be an interesting building block into the character that was Perry, mm-hmm. that he in some ways was a victim mm-hmm. himself as a mm. child. That's interesting. Um, so she also says that Madeline is not a likable person, which is something we've discussed here a lot. Um, is she right? I mean, I think Madeline is, I think she would be a complicated person to have an actual friendship with. Mm -hmm. But that being said, we have talked about how she is a really good friend. She is like that, like, kind of friend who's always going to be willing to go to bat for you and... And be there, and and I, I think she's a hard person to become friends with. But once she's your friend, she's a ride or die. And mm-hmm. I feel that way just having watched her, like the first episode of season one. I'm like, mm-hmm. who is this derailed yeah. human being? And now, like, <laughs> she feels like one of my friends, and I'm protective of Madeline, and yeah. I want her to be okay. So I think that the show has done a really nice way of kind of building up that intimacy. Yeah, with I Madeline. agree that she is she is kind of an unlikable person who is also lovable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so Mary Louise also, when she finds out about Ziggy and about the assault of Jane, she says to Celeste, aren't you desperate for this not to be true? Why do you believe this? I don't believe you that he hurt you. Why didn't you call the police? Mary Louise, what? You're a mess. Why are you saying these things? She's an instigator. Yeah. She is... I mean, if we are to take what she is saying at face value, where she is just looking for answers for what of what mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. she is just poking fires to try to get mm-hmm. try to get something. So I think I yeah. saw this as her just, you know, another desperate poke to get some sort of response to trigger something. Mm-hmm. So do we think she's still moving to Monterey and she's going to keep helping with the kids, or is she? Yeah, she's, she's not, not moving now. to Monterey to help with the kids. She's yeah. moving to Monterey to find out what happened. Like, but like, because I've been kind, of, I've been wondering, like Celeste, why do you want her around? Like, this is kind of like I get you need help, but like you got money, hire a nanny. Like, you don't need this lady poking. Juliet's around probably going to be available soon. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, thank you for reminding me. I meant to ask, like, why you think in the show. Gordon's transgression is a financial one instead of a sexual one. A sexual one. Can we kind of maxed out the sexual stuff to some degree? Yeah. I mean, it could still happen. I mean, we could find out mm-hmm. that Gordon was also having an affair. Was not only, I don't know. Mm, we'll but see. I think, I think that it was just there were already too many. We also haven't ever seen this nanny. That's true. She's never appeared on screen. Oh, really? Even when she says so. Oh, I think she was in the first that first episode. Yeah, this is Juliet. I think it was. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Um, But not since that first episode. So, what do we think Mary Louise is going to do now that she knows Ziggy exists? 
Mm-hmm. You do get a scene in the preview for the next episode of mm-hmm. Mary Louise and and Jane and Ziggy looking oh, at really? each other across the parking lot. So I think Mary Louise is going to be all over that. She's like, another grandson yeah. I can torment. Yes, She's going to be like, you're short. I don't yes. like you. <laughs> What's up with your bangs? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so there... Several times in this episode, someone says the thing about families or that's what Mm. families do. So first, Celeste is talking to her boys and saying families talk to each other about things and we support each other. And her boy, one of the kids is like, I don't think we're that kind of family. (laughs) (laughs) Very on brand, Max or Josh. And then Bonnie's mom says we're family we get into each other's business that's that's what we do and then madeline says we get mad but then we come back together when she's telling chloe that her dad is mad about theme alert yeah yeah (laughs) what's going on with this little theme why do we think we're repeating it so much in this episode i don't know they also repeated that thing about being a wanter Mm. they i i i noticed the family theme too and i thought maybe it was kind of it, it's just all part of that how they're like juxtaposing all of these intertwined families and I mean, characters in the story they're also making a note too that you know the family your nuclear family your biological family is not necessarily the real family i mean you mm-hmm. looked at that beautiful mm-hmm. scene at the end where celeste and jane are sitting next to each other and the boys you know mm-hmm. i yeah. think it's the family you choose is ultimately going to come out being stronger look at the monterey five like they yeah. didn't choose the only ones that chose to be friends were celeste jane and Madeline. Yeah. The rest of that came together because of circumstance. So I do think that we're kind of moving towards this, you know, if Gordon disappears, if well, Madeline and on that and break note, up. Even, even when, with family, there is, with your biological family, there is a sense to kind of push through, mm-hmm. even when it just seems like impossible or pointless, you know? And I think that that's, it's kind of like, how, why Celeste, why, you know, we're saying, like, why does she have Mary Louise there? It's because, like, at the end of the day, Celeste is like, well, at least this is a connection to their father for the kids. We also find out that Celeste doesn't have a family in this right. episode, basically, beyond her oh, kids. Oh, there's that creepy moment where Perry's like, oh, I'll have you all to myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, if that's the first, second date, yeah. run to your car, yeah, lock your car, absolutely. lock the number, and never speak to that person yeah. again. <laughs> Ladies, if some man ever says that to you, get out. Yeah. It's like, I don't even have to bother isolating you from your friends and family, because you don't have any. Like, right. that's, I don't know okay. how to do the work. And she's like, sexy, love this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. All right. Who's the worst person of this episode? Gordon? No. I mean, <laughs> you know, so I he, I just feel like he's some sort of victim here. I don't I Victim? I think Dummy's committing <laughs> security fraud. I, I feel bad for he's him. He's going to make a cad. not rich. Yeah, <laughs> he's such a cad. You can't even, like, call him the worst. Uh, he's... he's He's, like, entering into that, like, sad ter- territory of steady Eddie. Like, okay, now so maybe <laughs> Bonnie's mom? Elizabeth, maybe? I think Mary Louise. Oh, Mary Louise. Mary Louise. Like, and, and can we stop making fun of short people? Yeah. Yeah, you're <laughs> personally victimized. I am, Mary Louise. I am personally victimized here. <laughs> I, I also said Gordon, but slash Madeline, because this girl, this woman's big mouth and... Oh, I think Abigail's a contender. Oh, God. Yeah, that mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Abigail might be my worst pick. We didn't even talk about the fact Chloe. that she's coming back to live at home now. Well, that's great. That's going to give us a more. lot of nice stuff. But mm-hmm. Chloe is also a contender for worse. Yeah, but she's just a kid she, repeating. Because she shouldn't know any better. Abigail should know better. Like, yeah. Keep your mouth shut. 
about Abigail. Who's the best person in this episode? It's always Jane. I know. She's the only one who seems to, like, have any even-handed response to anything. No. But I'd also say it's Renata. Renata. Because Renata's a queen. I am not not going to be yeah. rich. It's Renata. <laughs> Renata's just had when so many she, great lines. When she, you know, flung the middle fingers out the windows of her Tesla, yeah. that was Pulls her. over on the side Jane's of the, 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 like the best person in terms of moral fiber. Renata is the best in terms of just a human that I want to love. So I'm going to ask you what the best song was, but first I'm going to say that I didn't remember any songs from this. And even when I watched it a second time, I was still like... The new Sufjan Stevens song was playing at the end, and I do dig that. And and they also played, like, Ed's karaoke performance. That's what I noticed Mm -hmm. the most. And actually, so that is not... Uh, Adam Scott yeah. singing. Oh, yeah. By the way, I saw well, this online. it sounded online. like a robot singing. Yeah. Right. So well, it does trick you into thinking mm-hmm. that. But so basically, Adam Scott did learn the song and mm-hmm. rehearsed he just it for his life with a music coach mm-hmm. and everything. But the director decided he just wasn't good enough, so they hired <laughs> somebody <Sad>. else. Um, <laughs> it's all right. I once was in a musical where they had to take the taps off my shoes because I just couldn't get. Uh, Yeah, that's also pretty sad. It was pretty sad. So I I feel you, Adam Scott. But um, yeah, so I noticed that that to me was the standout song in the episode that Mm -hmm. they brought that back that uh, his. Do you think it's weird that we're having such a hard time coming up with a song for this episode? Like I do. But I think this episode had so much going on that the, the music there there wasn't like a moment of enough silence for music. They should have been playing like, um, oh, well, there was one song. I'm trying to pull it up right now. The one that I is stuck in my head. I just can't remember it. When um, they're in the car on the way home from jail in the Tesla and Gordon turns up the radio and Renata turns it back down. I'm trying to pull up right now. And he says, you used to like this song. And then she says, I used to like to sit on your face, yes. too. But um, it's a, but it's like a, it's almost like an old Motown song or an old soul They've song. They've been using a lot of that. There was a lot yeah. of that in um, episode one, too, I noticed. There was a big influence of Motown. I okay, so I Neil Young, Down by the River, mm-hmm. was the first one. Oh, right, in the mm-hmm. car. Yeah. yeah. When she's... Brenton Wood, Great Big Bundle of Love. That's with Bonnie and Sky in the car. Mm-hmm. Charles Bradley. Again, we've had a lot of Charles Bradley, which is interesting. Let Love Stand a Chance. That was when Bonnie and Jane are doing yoga. Alpha, uh, when Celeste is reminiscing about her date. Elle King's A Good Thing Gone, um, when Abigail and Madeline are talking in the kitchen. Sufi and Stevens' Redford, which is not the new song. I thought that was. Um, Villagers was the Elvis cover. What was the one they were playing in the car with? It's not on this list. Yeah, that's weird. We will find it. We will find it and let you know. We have no best song of the episode because until we read this list, no one even knew there was any music in it. It is interesting, though, that this is the first episode where music didn't jump out Mm -hmm. as a Maybe it's because Chloe didn't have her phone because she had it taken away for telling everybody about Suki's death. Yeah, (laughs) Chloe couldn't DJ this episode. Mm -hmm. She was grounded. Mm Mm-mm. Okay, and with that, we'll just tell you to go follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Big Little Podcast and um, on Twitter at Big Little Pod. Oh, do we want to do recommendations? Sure. All right. I'll you pull start. one out. Um, just in the vein of like Mommy Dearest and Issues, I guess I'm going to go with Sharp Objects if you haven't seen that. Oh, it feels yeah. in my mind kind of like a companion piece to Big Little Lies in mm-hmm. a weird way, so... If you really want some creepy mommy-daughter issues. Also on HBO. Also on HBO. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you, HBO. Okay. Thanks for that content. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on Netflix, Dead Like Me. Oh. 
Yeah. Oh my god, that is like <laughs> one of my favorite shows of all time. I binged the shit out of that when I first got Netflix. So good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that. It's about a girl who dies after getting hit by a toilet seat that fell out of the sky. That sounds iconic. And becomes a reaper. Like, it's her job to go collect souls. But it's like... I was late to the party in discovering oh this, but it is rarely... It is very good. Yeah, it's so dark and funny. And yeah. the first couple of seasons are just brilliant. It kind of goes off the rails after a while. But it's really great. I love it a lot. Um, I've been watching Good Girls on Netflix. Which oh, is yes, the girl. It's me. It's um not May. From, May. Yeah, May from Whitman. May yeah. Whitman. Anne. It's her. 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 <laughs> from Arrested Development. Oh, I her. <laughs> she, I know her from Parenthood. I was gonna say. And, I know her oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And also, Christina uh, Hendricks is in that. And Christina Retta. Hendricks and Retta and. Uh, Matt Saracen from uh, Matt Saturday Saracen's Night. Yeah. yeah, I know what I'm doing when I get home. Which is funny because Way May Whitman has. So such that an is actually like an interesting pairing with Big Little Lies because mm-hmm. it's like women yeah. kind of coming committing together, crimes, committing a crime, and, and having yeah. to mm-hmm. be bonded over this. But it's funny. Yeah, it, it's not really a drama. It's oh, thanks funny. for the recommendations, ladies. I'm gonna. We thought it was a run out of things to stream, but here yeah. we go. <laughs> All right. Well, the plenty to plenty to keep you watching until next week's episode. Bye everybody. Ooh, ooh, ooh.